This is Perspectives, the show where we have a conversation about our differences only to learn how much we really have in common. I'm Condes Presley. My guest today is Amanda Brown Almstead. Her name may or may not be familiar to you, but no, behind the scenes, she is a key mover and shaker in Metro Atlanta. She is founder and owner of Amanda Brown Olmsted and Associates. It's her public relations firm. And for Amanda, 2022 marks a career milestone. That is why she is here. Amanda, welcome to Perspectives. Thank you, Condes. It's a pleasure to be here and lovely seeing you. And congratulations on this career milestone, 50 years in the business as an entrepreneur. I like to start these conversations by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now, although I know we're going to go into greater detail. You told me before we began that you're originally from Jackson, Mississippi. How did you find your way to Atlanta? In my MG midget. And one of my favorite stories is when this little green car and I stopped at a gas station uh, in Alabama where uh, in those days there was no self-serve and a guy comes out in his overalls and he looks at that car and he looks at that car. He kicked the tire in the back and he came up to me at the, he said, ma'am, this one ain't ripe yet. <laughs> he had never seen such a little car, <clears throat> but that's how I came to Atlanta hired by Dick Rich of Rich's Department Stores to begin a career in, in fashion. Uh, and with uh, the original Rich's experience, I went on to become the fashion and publicity director at J.P. Allen, which was the finest women's store in the Southeast at that time, and then was hired away to open Saks Fifth Avenue, which I did in August of 1968 with Mayor Ivan Allen cutting the ribbon. So from there uh, was an opportunity to be a part of this community uh, that I treasured. Um, and in those days too, as I mentioned to you, Condes, before we came on the air, I had so many wonderful memories of being in the studios of WSB on Ruth Kent's morning show. And I worked with a photographer, I mean, a videographer, filmmaker, Hunter Todd, to do a special that we aired on WSB um, that won a gold medal in the New York Film Festival. So thanks to WSB for uh, so helping me out in my early years and being a part of this community, um, just as you do so beautifully on the air uh, with people to people and the service that WSB does in our community, which we all appreciate very much. But I went on from the fashion business uh, into a seven month stint at a brand new PR firm called Balcone Wayman and realized I was the only female executive there or uh, account executive and thought, you know what? I think I could do this myself. So on June 1, 1972, I opened my doors as Amanda Brown Creative Consultants in Colony Square. Uh, and of course, Colony Square was one of my first clients and um, many, things that I have pulled up in my memory bank low these last few months in preparation for celebrating 50 years in business. It's been quite a ride. <laughs> 
tell me a little bit about your family, about your parents, and how did your dad feel about you deciding to leave Jackson and move to Atlanta? Even in 72, I'm thinking a big city. Well, there was a connection. My father was very close friend to the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce in Jackson. And he was a very good friend with Opie Shelton, who was the head of the Chamber of Commerce here in Atlanta. So I was sent via the red carpet to his office where he opened the doors of all of the giants of retail, Dick Rich, uh, Leon Frosian, and so forth of the day. And so I, my, the arms were open for Amanda Brown from out of town, who's my nickname in those days, to come in and make an impact in the city. And, uh, and it's just been terrific. Early in my 20s, I had opportunities to do things like uh, help open the Hyatt Regency. Amazing. Uh, I got to do things uh, like big festivals and shows and to sit on boards. When I was at Saks Fifth Avenue, I literally sat on 14 boards because I was the person that had to be out in the community, which was great joy. So when I took the reins of my own firm uh, in early, uh, well, mid 72, uh, I had fortunately paid a lot of dues in the community. So it was easier for me as a woman to start my own business that it would have been for most. Inspired, I must say, by my father and my mother. My father was head of Rotary Club. He was head of this, he was head of that. He started the Jackson Symphony. My mother started the Children's Theater. She did the kidney luncheon in Jackson for 25 years. They, they were pillars of community and they taught me to do the same or to try and do the same. And of course, a much larger market. How is doing business today different from the work that you did when you first uh, opened your doors for your own business back in 72? Well, some amusing <laughs> for, I mean, things that uh, you know, in those days, believe it or not, we did not have <laughs> this little laptop. We did not have a computer. We did not have a cell phone. I mean, we were typing releases on typewriters with carbon paper. So, so things have definitely changed. Um, and, and they have, I was the first woman to start a full service PR firm in this market. And because of that, what was so much fun in the early days is the Small Business Administration, uh, Emory and Emory After Hours, or, or evenings at Emory, pardon me. Uh, I had opportunities to be at the podium to talk about how a woman could have her own business. It gave me an opportunity to be a pioneer and to encourage other women. And so that, that, that has been a joy uh, throughout my career. And I feel that, Condice, because I was a novelty, <laughs> you know, as a woman in business, um, that created some attention. And, uh, and so my ability to acquire clients and so forth, I feel certain were um, encouraged somewhat by that. I would used to say that I was on this wave of the woman's movement, like a surfer, and I just rode in, you know, to the beach on this big wave with, you know, all of the um, Gloria Steinem and all the, the women who were so vocal in that day, uh, pushing me forward. 
would you have characterized yourself in the early 70s as a feminist like Gloria Steinem and others during the women's liberation movement? I was, uh, and I was invited to be a keynote speaker at the now conference that came to Atlanta. Uh, and I, I love those opportunities. Uh, yes, I felt, I always felt I could do whatever I wanted to do. I never felt really encumbered by the fact that I was a woman. Uh, and, and so it was sort of easy for me to talk about. Uh, when my father invited me to come back to Jackson, Mississippi and to speak at his rubbery club and to talk about how a woman could be in business and, and run a business, uh, it was pure joy because I never doubted that I could do it. And that's what I shared with other women that never doubt that you, you can always do what you say you can do. And I always say, if you say you can't do something, guess what? You can't. But if you can and you reach high, you may not reach as high as you want, but you're gonna reach higher if, if you put that goal very, very high. As a woman in business who at one point sat on 14 nonprofit boards, talk to us about your passion for community. You and I have worked together on a number of projects, including most recently Ambassador Andrew Young's 90th birthday celebration. You continue to work with Dr. C.T. Vivian's family and his estate to continue to promote his work and to build his library. Where did this passion for community and especially for our civil rights community come from? Well, thank you for asking that question. I'll go back to my parents. I mean, they were active in the community and I just thought that's the way we're supposed to be. And, and that's where I felt comfortable is contributing because as you contribute, the, the award is the way it makes you feel. And, and, that's, and that's great. Early on, uh, I had my third client was called Trimble House Lighting. And Betty and Jim Simulian came in and sat down in my little office in Colony Square and they said, what do you specialize in? And I said, oh, well, I specialize in diversity. Now, mind you, this was 1972. That word didn't mean what it meant then, but guess what? It then became a cornerstone of what I have done love these 50 years. Because I was the first woman to have an integrated firm. I was the first white owned firm to have African-American clients like Tom Cordy and Rob Pitts and um, Herman Russell. You know, so it, it became something that I embraced early, early on, and it has enriched my life uh, throughout my, my career. And, and I'm very much focused on DEI today. And, and again, bring, that brings me great joy. Uh, and then also, as, as I discuss sometimes I, with prospects or people I'm working with, I find myself doing a lot of nonprofit work. And I think that as a lot of people uh, when they're getting into the latter years of their career, even the, the, the sense of giving back is stronger. Um, and so it's sort of like you, you wake up each day with this missionary <laughs> activity on your mind. Uh, for instance, we're just starting work with the Chronic Disease Directors uh, Organization and John Robinger. Uh, this is an organization that deals with chronic disease and uh, making connections with the publics and the medical community around the world to prevent chronic disease. One of the first things that we're going to do is help them with a conference in September in Tanzania 
uh, focused on uh, lives of African-American women uh, who are dying all too often uh, with cervix, uh, cancer. And, um, you know, how exciting it is to tackle something that deep and meaningful to do something to help save lives. You're a successful entrepreneur who has now been in business for 50 years. Why are you not retired? Gosh, because I find absolute joy every day. And, and I look over accomplishments. We, we work with Transfacts to help get the vote to have MARTA. We helped launch the Ritz-Carlton hotel chain. We did the first Goodwill Games in Moscow when it was the Soviet Union, sad that this time that I spent in the Soviet Union then and also at the Bolshoi Ballet when I did the international ballet competition uh, and have had chances to travel around the world with international programs like that. And, and every day is an adventure, Condis, because it's sort of like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, you never know, but the phone's gonna ring and there's something new and wonderful at the other end of the line. Uh, so whether I'm helping a community improvement district bring the trucking industrial community together with the neighbors or putting a park in their midst, it, it, it's, it's all so joyful. And along the way, it's about relationship. Uh, the, the clients that I have an opportunity to work with, the communities that I have a chance to touch because clients have unleashed me to do that. I make friends. Uh, we have a good time together. I share their challenge, uh, sometimes their sorrow, but mostly the happiness of it all. And uh, with a good dose of optimism along the way, I think that's what makes someone really good in the industry that I'm in, public relations, which is relating to publics and doing it with a very positive spirit and always looking for the best in people and the best in your clients and presenting their best to the world so that there is some action. We, our other motto in addition to specializing in diversity is that we measure our client success by that of our clients. In other words, it doesn't matter what we do, if it's a press release or a press conference or a special event or a social media campaign, whatever it is we're doing, it doesn't matter unless it achieves the results that a client is looking for. Uh, I have to say, Warnock's advertising is really great. I hope it's okay for me to say this. And he says, my father always said, when you're given a job to do, go do the job you're given. Now, well, let's see how it is. When someone asks you to do the job, give them the job they ask you to do. That is what we're about. We're, we're here to do the job we're asked to do. And, and we seek it uh, in clients that have challenges, that are creative, uh, and look for innovative ways to achieve those results. Speaking of challenges, Amanda, what are some of the more significant ones that you remember overcoming over the course of this career of yours? Well, okay. Um, I think some challenges were in the days, although I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, early, early on in the firm, uh, we worked with Philip Morris. Uh, in, in days when uh, the tobacco companies were prohibited from advertising. And therefore they looked 
to PR firms to see what is another way to put our brand out there. Uh, and so the challenges were those. And so we worked on something called the Merit Report, where we brought people into a computerized van for the first time that they ever touched computers. Or uh, we worked with Virginia Slim's Tennis. We worked on a program about giving women choices. So we, we went head, head on into the community uh, to, to present programs that were very positive. Uh, I will say that once the issues around tobacco and health uh, became prominent, the challenge for me was to be able to give it up. Uh, I had a, a good time with them uh, and we did some amazing work around this country, but it was time to give it up. So a challenge in my life was that, to cut off and resign uh, an account that had been good to me uh, when it was time to put health and, and, and our citizens ahead of, uh, ahead of that money that was coming to my firm. Tell me about the day that Amanda Brown from out of town became Amanda Brown Olmstead. I mean, talk about being one half of an Atlanta power couple. Oh, thank you so much. Um, George and I've been married 44 years. And um, when I married George, uh, I had, had been married before. And I didn't change my name because uh, my, the name was Amanda Brown on the door. <laughs> And so I thought, okay, this one's gonna work. So I'm gonna change the name of the firm to A. Brown Olmstead Associates and put his name on the door. And that was really a smart move. One, two things happened. One, because it was A. Brown Olmstead, I got to be at the top of the list. So in the directory of PR firms in the United States, every year since then, 44 years ago, I'm number one. <laughs> and the other thing is, that 44 years later, we're happily married. And I think it's because I took his name and put his name on the door. Who are the people who over the years have mentored you? Wow. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, so in some ways, everyone I've worked for has been a mentor. Uh, I've had fabulous people like Jim Cushman in the early days at County Square. Tom Cousins for a lot of different projects. You know, Jane Fonda with GCAP. Uh, you know, a Ted Turner. Uh, and I can't see that, say that Ted Turner mentored me, but Bob Wessler at Turner certainly did. I'll give you an example. We were in um, London for the Goodwill Games. We had the team there. Uh, we were plotting and planning. And uh, the reason that Turner uh, took on the, the challenge of the Goodwill Games is because the Soviets had boycotted the LA Olympics. And they thought, that's not good. We need to get everybody back together. And so that's why. What Bob told me those days, he said, Amanda, if you take a little controversy and you use it properly, you can get a lot more media. <laughs> and, and so that was something that stuck with me. Uh, and to this day. Uh, so that means that a client with a little bit of a challenge, uh, if we set it up right, and I don't mean spin or any of those nasty words, I mean, just tell the story factually the way it is, uh, you get a bunch of attention. So I listen, 
along the way. I have one other client who said, and I caution myself, uh, this is a man named Fred Elias, who uh, has allowed me to work on many hotels, including launching the Ritz-Carlton chain and uh, Holiday Inns, opening Holiday Inns and Marriott uh, when he was at W.B. Johnson property. And I would proceed telling him of this wonderful new idea I had. Fred, you're gonna love this idea before I gave him the idea. And a couple of years later, he said, I mean, I wanna just give you a little hint here. He said, before you tell a client about your great idea, don't tell them beforehand they're gonna love this idea. They might not. <laughs> so, you know, I've learned to listen. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And then I'm gonna follow with the best piece of advice you've ever given. My father always said, everything in life is a trade-off. That means with every decision you make, there's another decision you made that you're not gonna do this one, which means that you really need to think about the decisions that you make. You can make them very quickly, but make the best decisions you can every time. Don't be lax if you have a responsibility and you're making decision. Everything in life is a trade-off. And the, is that the advice that you give or is there something else? Okay, well, I guess I have two. And these two have evolved um, in recent years, both with aging, pandemic, and other things. Uh, I have two things that, that I think people should focus on. One is life is an adventure. That means every day when you wake up, that adventure is exciting and, and love it, the good parts and the bad parts. Embrace that adventure that life gives you. Uh, and then the other thing, which is very directly related, is every day is a blessing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But those are my two. Those are my two that I think about the most and I say to people all the time. That is why today is a present, the present, because it is indeed a gift. Amanda Brown Olmstead, last thing I want to ask you before I let you go, is there an event, a memory over the course of your career that truly defines who you are, what you do, and why you have been so successful? Well, that's a hard one <laughs> um, because, you know, it's like your children, you love them all the same. <laughs> but, but I will say the, the night that the opening games happened in Moscow and we did, we honored Samantha Smith, a little girl who had written to Gorbachev and to say, can't we be friends? And we made her in her honor. She was killed in a plane crash shortly after she had gone to Moscow to visit with Gorbachev at his invitation. And on her way to be on a morning show, I believe it was, uh, to New York, had a plane crash and she died. And so in her memory, we, which was our idea, we'd been touched by that, uh, dedicated that opening ceremony to her. Her mother was there. And I turn around and I look up in the stands and I have goosebumps saying this. And there was Ted Turner sitting next to Mikhail Gorbachev. You know, it was a moment of international peace. It was a moment where just an ordinary little girl reached out 
And we need that today. Amen. Amanda Brown Olmstead, congratulations on 50 years of great success. I so appreciate you and thank you for spending some time with us today. Love being with you, Condice. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, hope you let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condis Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condace? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this same time as we explore new perspectives.